Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. This is Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, Big Meach 41 And now, I can officially say this, on season two, I am now on TikTok, at Alex Meacham 41 This is a special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in this Bearcat great Standout High School basketball player here in Cincinnati, Ohio for Summit Country Day. Played basketball for the Bearcats from 2013 to 2017 under Mick Cronin. He now does color commentary for the Bearcats. I'd like to welcome in my guy, Kevin Johnson. What up, KJ? What's going on, big dog? Man, How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Absolutely. They don't even know, man. We go, we go way back. We go way back. I've known you since you were since you were a young fella playing uh, playing AAU, just a little guy running around. You know, and, and and it's crazy because you still got the same team running around. That's good to see, man. That's good to see. It's good to have old guys like you and Jay and be able to teach young guys the good old stuff now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you know another thing um, that we that we go back on is during your high school days. You played for Summit. I went to Roger Bacon High School, and for those that don't know, Summit and Bacon um, had this this big rivalry while you were in high school, and it was the the rivalry happened because of the the high school tournament. So you know, Bacon and Summit would always meet. <laughs> In the high school tournament, and it was it was intense, man. And I, I remember those days of you playing, and uh, you guys had a great team. Uh, Bacon had a great team, and you guys just battled it out. So during your high school days, um, KJ, tell us a little bit of, of you know some of your great memories um, playing basketball for Summit. So man, to be honest, it, you know the Roger Bacon uh, Summit rivalry was definitely fun. Always are like I think the regionals right there before you actually go up to Columbus. Uh, that was great, but but the best the best moment by far is the state championship game. Actually, really going out there and winning a title that was uh that was good and it was funny because Antonio Woods was hurt and you know it just was a long season. It's like man, we got to pull this out. We here and. You know, for us to do it, it was it, that, that was a memorable moment. It, you know, those two are my brothers today. Absolutely. So, what made you? So, coming out of high school, what made you decide on playing for the Bearcats? Uh, you know, the crazy thing is, when I was actually going through the recruitment process, I was actually getting tired of dealing with all the coaches and calls and everything, and 
but I had seen a couple schools, and you know, I ended up going to going to visit Cincinnati, and I ended up going to a game, and one of my first games was um, Cincinnati versus Alabama. I'm pretty sure that was like 2012, probably, and uh, Cashmore Wright hit the game winner. It was mm-hmm. it was electric in the gym. It was literally electric in the gym. Um, and then that year, that year on, I kept going to a lot of games, a lot of Big East games, and started to learn about the conference and the, the you know just the play. And uh, so overall, the experience, I'm like, man, it was hard to just pass up, you know, on my home school. And ended up going, man. The culture was me. The culture was definitely me. So uh, I, I I enjoyed every bit of it. And I, I I have to say this. I have to ask how your father is doing because I've known your dad for years, always watched your dad along your side while you were playing basketball. How's Pop doing? Oh, man, he's good, man. You know, he's good, man, working. And, uh, you know, I got a son now, so he's he getting ready to get on, uh, you know, my son nerve as he, as he grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Just like he did you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's his time. So, oh. Yeah, man. But he's good, man. And, uh, I, pre- I appreciate it. I'm going to tell you guys about it, man. Yeah, yeah, please do, man. Please do. Pops is a cool dude, man. I know he's somewhere chilling, got the shades on. He's dressed to a T. I know he's. He knows he is. He knows he is. Yep, no, for sure. Um, now, tell everybody um, what you're doing now, now that your your basketball career is over. What are you doing now? Now, man, uh, on the career side, I, I actually work for Greater Cincinnati for Healthy Health Services. Um, I do some case management um, with mental health, um, which is which is good, man, for my community. Then on the side, I coach. I coach over at Summer Country Day. Um, I'm the JV head coach, but I also run like my little training program um, out of there as well through the off season. So I'm always in the gym with the guys. Uh, and then now uh, I'm, I work with Dan Hoyle with 700 WLW, calling the games where you see on the radio. And then my latest offer was uh, doing some color analysts with the ESPN Plus games uh, with Cincinnati this year. So just kind of all the way around the board, just learning and growing, um, doing some cool things with the game still, which uh, which I'm very proud to be. And, you know, some some that's fun for me. Um, quickly back to your your coaching back at your alma mater at Summit, man. How cool is that that you're able to go back and give back to the school that gave a lot to you? Oh man, that's good. That's good. Uh, it's been good because when I got there, you know, I've seen the program down. It's getting back up, and just to be a part of something cool, just to, just to show the culture and, and what it stands for, so guys understand that they're playing for more than it's just just them. Uh, but it's awesome, man. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And my guys. Yeah, and that's, that's cool when, you know, these kids can look at one of the greatest players to ever play at their high school is back coaching. So when you talk, they better listen. Because <laughs> you could you yeah. could point to yeah. some, some pictures and some banners on the wall and say, look, I've been there. you got to trust me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and it, it works, man. They're big, great guys. And, uh, like I said, man, we they get better. They get better. Good. Um, uh, uh, your broadcasting now. Your bro- broadcasting career. How did you get into it? 
You know, man, it, it's, it's kind of crazy because it all started with radio. You know, it all started with radio. So, uh, you know, when I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting frustrated at the time about basketball at the time, and uh, and I'm like, you know, I really want to make this next step here, but you know, I'm trying to figure out what I like and you know what what I want to do. So I actually reached out to uh, Coach Trump. So he was like, you know, man, you know, honestly, kid, you. you you, you talk well. Like, you should actually call Andre. So Andre was like, you know, the media guy who, uh, you know, kind of dealt with setting up the interviews and things of that nature. Um, so I reached out to Andre. Andre was like, man, I told you, you know, one day, you know, whenever you needed me, I will have something for you. And uh, he ended up reaching out to Dan and someone at WOW. They gave me an opportunity to do, like, I think four games the first time. Um and I naturally just responded well. Um, and then from there, just kept continuing to get better, learning learn behind the scenes of everything. And now, uh, you know, building some trust with that, um, I got a cool opportunity to do some uh, some TV for ESPN Plus now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's when we had to learn behind that as well. How is it to learn from, you know, one of our goats, Dan Horde? Oh, man, Dan is the... Dan is the man, and you know, just to see in, in depth behind the scenes how you know how he sets up everything, how how he already does his homework. There's a lot of things that goes behind the scenes with Dan, and you're just learning from that angle. You you know you know you learn some tricks and trades, and um, man, he's he's awesome. He just teaches me other things too, just production wise, and you know cues and cards and. Just anything about the business, man. It's just good to be around somebody like Dan. He's a good guy. And also Mo Egger. You, you called a game with Mo the other day. I'm sure yeah. he learned a lot. Mo's, yeah, Mo's yeah. journey's been awesome to watch, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about his journey. It was the first time I really worked side-by-side uh, side with him like that. You know, normally Mo was over there with the, uh, you know, dealing with the production and everything. But, oh, man, Mo's awesome. He's also legendary pretty much. Been in the game for 20 years. You know what yeah. I mean? Just, it's just good to be able to learn the little tricks and trades, honestly, behind-the-scenes stuff and how things works and uh, just just general knowledge that I think it, it beats going to school for it, honestly. It's just a cool opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, shout-out Terry Nelson. Um, Terry's going through a yeah. lot right now with his family. Yeah. If you want to talk about that real quick. Yeah, yeah. No, Terry is my man, like all oh, shout outs to Terry. Uh, that's that's my big that's my big dog. But yeah, his family family was going through some times here, so definitely prayers to them. But they are they have recovered. Um, everybody doing well. When I had talked to him, but Terry is just very supportive and and being able to and, and really provided the opportunity within telling them like, nah, you can trust him. He's good, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate Terry. That, that's my guy. That's my guy, yeah. Andy. Always lets me know. You know, you're getting better. Continue to do this, da 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 da, da and yeah, that's that's, that's the good part. That's, yeah, that's Terry's that's Terry's the triple OG of the the Bearcat family. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. he's he's just that guy that kind of holds the glue together of of all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and like you said, his family was going through some things. Um, they had a fire at their apartment in Atlanta, and 
uh, Terry started a GoFundMe page to kind of get the family back up and going. And just amazing how Bearcat Nation really stepped up. And so I think it's a tribute to not only Bearcat Nation, but also, you know, Terry as a person. I think the original GoFundMe was 25000 They reached 25000 just very, very easily. And then um, they raised the goal to 50, and they were just moving up on that quickly. And so um, if anybody's out there listening to that wants to help, you know, Terry and the family, you can go onto his Facebook and different social media pages and help with his GoFundMe. And um, I know that would mean the world to, to Terry. Um, now, I want to jump into, KJ, if you could talk about the transition from, you know, you go, you're a big-time high school basketball player, you know, you go and play for your hometown, you know, college team, and you guys had a very, very good team, multiple teams that were very good, and, you know, you, you dabble in playing professionally, and I find a lot of players struggle to transition out of playing basketball to life after basketball when the ball stops bouncing. How did you deal with that? Was it a struggle? Um, and, and how did you you deal with just the transition? Yeah, no, that that's the biggest. It's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing. Um, and, and to be honest, it's a, it's a journey. You know, it, it's a, it, it was definitely a journey. Um, but but I took it a step at a time about figuring out what I was trying to do. Um, but also just, just just not being afraid to to just go out on a limb sometimes and try different things. Uh, but at the same time, I think networking also helped, and and I think going to Cincinnati and being a good person um, while being there, just just being there for the right reasons. When um, when I reached back out to a few people, they were willing to give me an opportunity there for the media, um, and then just on the career side, just networking through family and friends who work, and you know, got me a, a solid job that you know provides well for me, and you know, things just kind of get the rolling and rolling, and you know, get involved in coaching, and you know, stay close to the game, which which always keeps our athletes happy. Um, but I think it's something that. You know, as 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 an athlete to the next person, uh, you know, always be willing to open up and help people. Um, you know, for for the transition, uh, but it is it is definitely challenging at times. Yeah, no, some some players really struggle with that, and you know, I've had several conversations with former players while they were playing for the Bearcats, and I'm like, listen the ball is going to stop bouncing sooner than later. Like you could go play pro in the NBA or overseas, but at some point that ball stops bouncing and you have to have a transition plan of, okay, here's the next step. And you really have to think through that and look at your branding and how you branded yourself. And one thing I will say about you, KJ, is if you go back and you just kind of look at your, look at your history, um, you know, great player at Summit, you did a great job at the University of Cincinnati. You were never a problem. You were, you know, you could count on KJ in games, lockdown defender. You know, you kind of represented the type of person that this city, you know, embodies. So when you do look for opportunities in the city for jobs and things, you built up that resume to where people go, you know what, we could hire KJ. We want KJ a part of what we're doing because we've seen his body of work. 
Exactly, exactly. And, and and that's where it starts. If I could tell, you know, all athletes while, while playing, you know, it's hard to think about a transition plan when you're playing because you're all in. When you're really playing, you, you believe in that you're going to the NBA and you're going to make this <laughs> right. you know, you, you, I tell any player you're supposed to think that, you know what I mean? That's what keeps you going. That's what keeps the drive alive in you. Um, and that's why you truly plan uh, when, when you get to that level. So, uh, but but at the same time, just as you're going through this process and you're living this fun life while you got the fans and they love you, just be good. Just be good. Just be good uh, and enjoy the moment because the moment does go fast. You realize when you get to like a pro level, it's not always so much about the whole winning thing. You know, you know, money gets involved. You know, it's about you know, a few egos and, you know, money and <laughs> agencies, and, you know, get real deep there. So, uh, you know, you got to understand, man, be all in or be nice to people because when, when it does stop, which you never know when, uh, you want to be able to just be able to know people trust you and be, be a good person. And you you know what? We can take a look at, a, at an example right now in college basketball um, Keontae Johnson, who uh, plays for the yeah. Florida Gators, you know, he was preseason SEC player of the year. Um, they were talking about him being drafted at some point in NBA draft, and he collapsed in a game. And I, I, from from what I hear, he's most likely done for the season. And who's to say he's able to play, you know, again, depending on what this heart condition, you know, you know, happens for him. I, I don't know medically what that means, but you know, his your your career could end at any point, KJ, and um, you have to be prepared. Um, and like you yeah, said, being and that, and that's sad, and that's just sad, man. But but you know, my thing is when you're good, when you're a good person, things will work itself out. You just gotta no question. It's just grind. You figure out how to use that same basketball grind and, and apply it to you know, another form of, you know, something that's going to work out for you. It's just not the actual game of basketball, but, you know, you can apply the same rules and the same focus and effort. Yep. And I think things will work yourself out. Well, let's let's talk about – I do want to ask you a couple questions regarding your career at UC. Um, we talked about why you picked UC. Um, during your time and your four years at the Bearcat, when you look back at your career, how do you look at your career? You know, through, through, through ups and downs, you know, you always look back and you say, you know, overall I was a winner, uh, and I was a part of a great, like a, a great experience for four years. You know what I mean? I truly can't be upset at it. I look back and I'm like, man, we, we won a lot of games. We got to play against a lot of great players. Made made shots. Been on the big stage and actually had an opportunity to go place and pro and you know overall man that, that the relationship that you build while you're there it, it, it lasts forever so you know the experience was the four years was one of the best experiences ever you know you only yep. go to college but in little moments and you know when I look back overall you know it was a great experience best story from your time playing for the Bearcats give give Bearcat Nation your best story well, um, I got a couple, couple, couple cool stories, but you know, like one, one of the on the court stories that I, um, 
that I always think about was like my freshman year when we going into New Mexico. And, man, the gym was so loud. It was so loud. That was, that was, <laughs> for some reason, out of my four years, I still feel like that was the loudest gym ever. The pit, uh, that was crazy. That was the first time we really couldn't see each other. And it, as a freshman out there, it was, I was intense. That that was the, probably one of the most intense games for me in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but another one is also the UConn game. Uh, mm, yep. To be a part of that game, the three overtime. That'll be a historic one uh, to be able to hit that shot. And, you know, things didn't go the way. It's just, you know, now I'm older. You go back and look at it. It's just it was fun to watch, you know, just fun to watch. You understand that's part of the game. Uh, but the coolest thing I can say is that most of the stuff happened off the court. Uh, just the relationships mm. I built with my teammates, you know, Troy Copain and Kane Bloom and Jacob Evans, certain people that, you know, we just hung out. Now today we are friends, you know, um, and a lot of us stay in touch with each other. So I think that's that's the greatest thing you get out of that whole experience, just the just the brotherhood. Well said. Um, let's let's jump into this this Bearcat basketball team right now. Man, there's so much to discuss, um, and, and I think KJ, there's a better team there than what we're seeing on the floor. And we, we need to, you know, in this discussion, we need to talk about, you know, some of the concerns with this basketball team and then also how do they fix it? How do they fix these things? So just looking at the games they've played thus far, um, it, and you've called, you know, a lot of the games, so so you're mm-hmm. watching very intensely. Do you think that not having not only a, a, a preseason with workouts, some early season games, do you feel like that's hurt this team? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, you know, you don't get to pre-wreck anything out. You jump right into game action, really jump right into a, a, a tough schedule. Um, you know, shoot, it, it's been times, you know, first four or five games or, you know, games that you, you, you are supposed to win so you can figure things out. Um, it, it's tough now, and I give the players a lot of credit because you got to adjust immediately. You don't even have a lot of practice time to even figure this whole thing out. So for sure, um, it, it's, it's it's tough. So I, you know, people have to be patient with what's going on. With six new players, with that six seven new players, uh, can understand, man. It's going to take this time. You only got two real vets on the team now. Um, so, you know, I, I think these kinks will work yourself out, but that is a very huge problem. But it's been a problem for a lot of teams across the country. Oh, so, no question. It, you know, it, it, but, it, but that is playing a factor with this year's team. And if you if you look at it, KJ, the competition they've played thus far, you know, from Lipscomb to Xavier, and I think Xavier's a better basketball team than a lot of people thought. Uh, Furman's good. Tennessee, you know, number 12 in the country. Um, George's, you know, they played a they played a very good schedule for not really having a lot of reps, like you talked about. If you go back and look at your your freshman year, you know, you guys have an opportunity to kind of work some kinks out on the floor. Looking at the look at the first seven games that you guys played as a freshman: North Carolina mm-hmm. Central, North Carolina State, App State, Campbell, UMass Lowell, Kennesaw State, and South Carolina Upstate. 
All of those games you guys won, but those that's competition that you guys should beat, but you're able to work through some of those kinks. And this basketball team just has not had that opportunity. And then, then you go on to play, like you said, the New Mexico game, which you guys lost that, and Xavier you lost. But I think those nine games, the seven you won, the two you lost, really you guys learned a lot and then went on got 17-game winning streak. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I will say, I will say after that Xavier game, you know, after we took those losses, now, I will say it comes down to sometimes leadership and, you know, some, you know, your main guys being really ready to make a stand and make a change because after Xavier, I remember that, you know, that year the singers were SK, um, you know, Titus Rubus and Justin Jackson. They, you know, they made a stand that day that, from that point on, it was no more loose. What was that locker and, room uh, like after that Xavier game? Say that again. What was that locker room like after that Xavier game? Oh man, that was heated up. I was, you know, coach was heated <laughs> up. The seniors was heated up. It was heated up. And I'm not joking. Like I'm serious. That's why we won 17 straight. It was mm-hmm. like a real live pack made that day. And mm-hmm. if we did not do that. It was going. It was going to be a lot of problems. So, like you know, at the same time, you know, we made some adjustments, but I think it came down to players coming together. Um, this team also has to figure out, you know, it's got to, some leadership got to step up here and, and bond together, really, really, really figure this thing out. And you know, the goal got to just be win at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the rest is going to work itself out. Now, you just talked about, you know, SK and, and Rubles and those guys get up and, and really, you know, show their leadership skills and get after everybody after the Xavier game. Who's going to be that guy for this Bearcat team? Because this Bearcat team has lost four games in a row, two and five right now. Who's going to be that guy or guys that step up and hold other players accountable so things can get changed around? Um, you know, I would think Keith really. You know, I would think Keith Williams and Chris Vogel were just a part of a conference winning team yep. um, here last year. I mean, they, they've seen some success. They've been through some war wounds. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's their year. So at the end of the day, this is their year. You know, you know when you're a senior, it's, it's always your last year. It's pretty much your team. So you need yep. to, you know, really get them together. But, you know, with, with new players, I know it can be kind of funky sometimes um, because everybody is new to each other. And then also with the pandemic, you haven't really been able to bond closely. Everybody kind of in their own bubble. So, um, you know, it's just it's just a lot to balance out. Um, now that they end, you know, you got to figure out a way. You know, that's, that's all I believe. you got to figure out a way. So, okay, we're seven games into this. Um, this team has, you know, almost a week off or whatever it is before they play Tulsa on January 2nd. So there's a lot of things that they need to figure out as a basketball team. KJ, what are your three biggest areas of concern right now for this basketball team that they need to address during the week leading up to Tulsa? Um, watching them last night, I've seen a lot of improvement. Still need to work on defense. So overall defense, I think. But with that being said, I think offensively, um, they need to run with they kind of pace. I think with Chris Boat, 
we should be more half court, slow it down. I think we turn it over too much. So mm-hmm. I think we can control the game better offensively, less turnovers, um, and, and more half court and use the big a lot, a lot more. Um, then that will transition into defense, continuing to just get better on defense, keeping the ball on our chest, you know, not getting backdoor a couple when we do, making sure our health there. Uh, will be more of the second thing. And then the third thing, like I said, just leadership, just team camaraderie. Yeah. You know, just coming together like, yo, we got to win. We got to win. This is Cincinnati. We've been on yeah. top of the league. Um, you know, this is this bigger than us. It's not just like we just Cincinnati. I don't know. I played Cincinnati for Cincinnati four years ago. Um, now, you, so, meant, you, you, know, you mentioned defense, KJ. I, I want to I really touch upon that because – I mean, you being the prolific defender and playing on some great defensive teams, um, this team, and if you go on Twitter, which <laughs> is not always a good thing to do during during games, but <laughs> when you go on Twitter, um, a lot of people are saying, hey, this Bearcat team defensively shows, like, no heart. They don't have the, the past, you know, pedigree of Bearcat basketball toughness. Um so what do you see defensively, and what, what are some of the problems, and how can they fix it? Um, the main thing I always wonder is scout report. You know, I, I know when I played, scout report was a big thing. Um, it didn't matter if we had one day or, or seven days to get ready for something. Scout report was very extensive. I mean, you didn't know what to do as far as our defensive plan and scout report. Uh, you know, I, when I looked at the game last night, uh, Mahan would come in average of 20. He still scores 25. Mm-hmm. I, I know in the game plan somewhere, you know, the plan had to be don't let him get 20. For and sure. He probably won't win. But, you know, sometimes I wonder if, if, if there's a scout report um, or we're not just following the scout report. Um, I think that's what made us a or, or me a great defender and then some of our teams great defenders. Um, just because we just paid attention to scout report. You know, if guys shot and we know they can shoot off the dribble, we're, we're closing up, closing up. If they go by us, then we'll take that. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just balancing out the game with the scout report. Uh, and I think they'll get better defensively. I, it's hard for me to believe that they don't have the toughness. Um, I, I think as, as Bearcat fans for the last, what, how long Colonel was here, 11, 12 years, however long it was. Uh, uh, you know, they, the fans are just used to that style of basketball. It's just a different style of basketball mm-hmm. now, uh, that you just got to get used to and familiar with. But I think they are being tough enough. I, I think he'll get the guys to, to, together to do it. Uh, I just think that the, the guys got to come together and just do it for each other. I'm not worried about the whole, you know, points and everything, but more so just winning. And I, and I think one, there's 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 two things I noticed with this basketball team. One, I listen. I, I come from a defensive background with, with with Bob Huggins, and when I watch this basketball team, I personally think in the half court this team will always be a average half court defensive team. Like I think they'll improve, but I think they'll be average. I think where they can, you know, really make some strides is being able to pick up full court. 
and pressuring because, you know, you got a lot of quick guys, you got some long guys. I think, you know, that full-court press, once they kind of figure that out, that can help defensively. But the problem is a lot of times when you press, you got to make shots. you got to get buckets to get, to get set up in that. Offensively, did you see progress last night against UCF, and what are some things that you would like to see improvement-wise on offense? Um, you know, like like what he talked about yesterday, which I really thought was good, was, uh, you know, everybody learning their roles, really really knowing their role. Uh, and I think that'll, that that's that's what you kind of figure out with exhibition and all of that. But yep. without those pregames, I think people are still figuring out their roles. I think last night they looked as if um, they were starting to figure out some of the roles. Um, so it, it starts to starts to go and sink a little bit more. Uh, but I think perimeter shooting is a thing that they can they can improve if, if they start to increase the perimeter shooting percentages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll open up a lot, and that way you can play through vote a lot more. Um, the last few games they haven't been able to play through Chris vote. And uh, honestly, they got to be able to get the ball in the head. Uh, I think that's success for them offensively as well. So um, if if you go back and you really look at these seven games, the one thing that really sticks out to me is besides the Georgia game, you could say the Bearcats were in every one of those games towards the end. And lack of execution is what lost those basketball games. And I think that goes back to what you were talking about in leadership because when you get towards the end of the game, you're in the trenches, you know, your leaders have to step up. But the problem is, you know, as you talked about Keith and Vote being leaders, these guys are in foul trouble. <laughs> they're, not, they're not on yeah. the court, you know, and that, that has been a problem. Now, Keith did play 29 minutes last night. Um, Vote still has issues. He, he only played 19 um, minutes on one shot last night. Um, address a little bit with the with the foul trouble that these guys have had and, and what they can do to improve to make sure they're on the court to help us win. And that's the thing. That's the thing. They got to get better at understanding, you know, when the when the foul and when not the foul. I think the, the fouls that's been hurting them are the the charges, the yeah. offensive fouls, and those are the ones. You know, you, you you wish you could get back. And I saw yesterday. I saw a few times Keith Williams avoid the charge. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And I think he still might have got one called him, but <laughs> I saw a few times yesterday them actually trying to avoid the charge. You know what? um, I think think that's one thing. Uh, And then yesterday also what I thought is they could have did a lot better with getting the ball down to Chris Vogt. I think the big fella works his butt off to try to get it. And when he gets it, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Uh, He's capable of making it in there. And, you know, he does pass it out when he doesn't have anything. So I think that's a, that, that'll be a key thing. But also, Dave DeJulius, I think offensively, was tacking the rim, um, and, and that also helped as well uh, throughout the game for him. Like you said, we, we've got to find a way to keep Chris on the floor and be more productive. I mean, last night, 19 minutes, one shot, two rebounds, yep. just, just ain't going to cut it. 
And to really think about it, KJ, you've got Chris Vogt, who's not producing, not playing a lot of minutes. Um, Keith, obviously, I thought last night he produced well, 19 points, 10 rebounds. However, they're still in games at the end with their two seniors, their two leaders, not playing a lot of minutes. So I feel like there's a lot of hope here with this team, whereas, you know, Bearcat Nation on Twitter has kind of resigned to the fact that this team's not going to be very good all year. It's a wash. Well, I think otherwise. I think there's a better basketball team there. What are your thoughts? No, it's definitely a better basketball team. You know, the team is there. You got to understand, there's a lot of circumstances that they're up against. Uh, and they just got to figure out the kings. Like I said, they're figuring out roles. They're figuring out what's the best way. Uh, but, but you know, you, you just got to adjust as this thing goes. I think fans just got to be patient uh, and, and, let the, and let the conference play itself out, see, see, what, see what happens. Um, speak a little bit on uh, Tari Eason and what you've seen thus far. I know he only played 10 minutes uh, last night with foul trouble, but you know after the Xavier game, he had he had a chance to start and get some extended minutes and really took advantage of that. And when I watch Tari Eason, I really I, I see a veteran calm about his game. And man, he he's like a he's like a Bearcat of the past. Thoughts on Tari? Yeah, when I um, when I did radio last night, I made a uh, actually a comparison with Tari and Gary Clark because uh, he actually starting off with like a Gary Clark kind of freshman year here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tari coming in yesterday was averaging seventy five, uh, playing very well. He's pretty explosive around the rim, can dribble, uh, and plays within himself. Like you said, he's very very calm with his pace. Uh, he'll be he'll be good as he continues to grow. And like I say yesterday. Yesterday, it's just learning for him defensively. He does have to improve defensively. I think that's just focusing more on scout report and being a little bit more aware with a little bit of effort. Mm -hmm. Um, But he still produced yesterday with the minutes that he played. So as I know, he actually is very productive out there. I'm going to say I think he can can be really good. Uh, He's more of a traditional bear cat, you know, just, just plays hard and, does does all the little things as well as and, and exciting things like dunking the basketball all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, so yeah, he'll he'll be a fan favorite as he, as he continues to grow. And you talked about production, and I think one of the players that's been the MVP of this team um, prior to going to that UCF game. I know he struggled with cramps towards the end of the game, but Jeremiah Davenport, you know, coming off the bench. And I know Bearcat fans are screaming for Jeremiah to start. Um, but there sometimes is something to a guy coming off the bench, i.e. a Lou Will um, with the Clippers that comes in and brings that production off the bench. Um, it, thoughts on uh, Jeremiah thus far? Oh, man, Jeremiah is awesome. And, you know, for him to be from here, he just reminds me of, of me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a Cincinnati guy. It's the, the kind of, kind of hooper you get here. Just, you know, energy, always want to win, does the little things. And now he's just learning his shot and learning how to find his way to score with this with this unit. And that's what I'm saying about everybody finding their roles. Uh, I think it's starting to become a thing where I think they want him to score as well. Uh, and and I, I think he's figuring out his perimeter shot. Uh, but he does all the small things that you that you love uh, within a guy. And that, he's just a traditional – Traditional uh, Cincinnati guy, and, and I love Jeremiah as well. Um, but 
even coming off the bench and playing a six-man role is a, just as important as any starter. Um, because, it, you know, after that first, you know, media timeout, second media timeout, when you want to sustain or go up, um, to be able to trust a guy to come in the game and give you everything that you need uh, so you don't have a drop-off is also valuable to, you know, team and game plan and the things of that nature. Yeah, and he doesn't start, but yet he plays starter minutes. So there's there's something yes. to that. Um, and I don't think I don't think you always have to have the five best players starting. Um, you need you know an ingredients for those first five, and then you know your guys coming off the bench have to give you something. Um, and speaking of that, uh, we're starting to see Zach Harvey turn the corner. Um, Zach's coming off yeah. the bench, played 24 minutes last night, 15 points. Starting to really see him, you know, start turning the player that a lot of Bearcat fans were hoping to see. Yeah, I, you know, Zach Harvey, I, if I'm not mistaken, was highly recruited out of high school as well. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, when we talked to Coach Brennan last night, uh, just just him finding his way as well. I think the young guys, and I was a young guy before as well, just trying to figure out what your role is. You know, mm-hmm. you feel like you can do all these things. The team only needs you to do a thing or two. Um, I think just figuring out what's the best thing for him. Uh, but but what I also want to say, yeah, he figured things out offensively. I think defensively he still is figuring things out, and I think that's why, you know, you see the inconsistency there. Uh, but him coming alive is great offensively for the Bearcats. They'll need that. Um, I think if he keep proving defensively, he'll be on the court a lot. Yeah, big time. And, and so with, with with Zach Harvey starting to step up and play a little better, I know that Rap's struggling. Um, Chris is not playing a lot of minutes. A lot of folks are saying this team needs to play more small ball. They need to they need to be faster, play more small ball, be more athletic. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I saw a glimpse of it last night that, that I think worked really, really well. Uh, folks believe that you know that they have to they had to go match up that way because you know that's how UCF matched up. Um, yeah. So I think we'll see it depending on the matchups. Um, I do think Chris Vogt though, if they feed him the ball and slow it down while he's in the game, he'll be very effective on both ends. Uh, and then I think a little bit of small ball would also be effective as well. Now. I, I, we've talked a lot about players' schedule, the, the in-game situations. I do want to talk about Coach Brandon. And what I want to bring up about Coach Brandon, I, I think he's not only a fantastic person, but I think he's going to be an excellent coach you know, for the Bearcat basketball program. However, everyone, fans are so quick to want to fire a coach and bench a player. We've seen it in the past. Mick Cronin's first two years weren't great. They wanted to fire Mick right away. Obviously, they, you know, Mick wasn't fired. They gave him time, and he had a lot of success. Look at Des Ritter. Des Ritter at the start of the football season, a lot of fans after the first three games wanted him benched. And Fickle goes, no, no, that's my guy. He's going to improve. And Des turns everything around, ends up conference player of the year, one of the best, you know, football seasons ever. Um, and, and Des Ritter's going to go down as one of the great senior football players in UC history. But a lot of people gave up on him after three games. People wanted Mick fired after a couple games. And I'm hearing that about Coach Brandon. You know, I thought he did well last year with everything going on with, you know, family and and COVID. They were still co-conference champs. 
and they haven't started off these first seven games very well. But I, I, don't, I don't think you could really say this guy's not going to get it done. He needs to be considered to be fired. Um, I think that's just jumping the gun and not giving the guy a chance. Yeah, no, Coach Brennan, he, he's a good coach. Uh, like I say, he's up against a different circumstance with six new players, seven new players, a lot of them young, even guys filling in roles this year. Livy didn't have roles last year, so it's just a lot of adjusting without time. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's part of it. You know, I think that's what gives this everything, you know, fuel to the fire, a little animosity, you know, keep everything going. But Coach Brandon Hill, he'll be able to get these guys going. I think it's just at this point, you just got to have a little bit more leadership there from your, from your two guys this year. Um, I think the rest will work itself out. I mean, Mike Saunders and, you know, Gary Eason and Zach Harvey and Davenport, these are all guys that are still young. Mm-hmm. So for them to be able to get experience like this this year, it only it's only going to make this team actually really, really good here next year, year two. Um, but focusing on this year, I think it's just a little bit more leadership there to bring some of these young guys up to, to figure out how to do this together. And I think they'll be fine. So um, for the Tulsa game, all right, if you yep. if you would like to see one thing out of the Bearcats to show a big improvement in for them to win that Tulsa game, what would that one key be, Kevin? Um, I think I think that's going to come down to whoever defense is better. They got to have better defense than Tulsa that day. Okay. Uh, Tulsa, Tulsa, Tulsa. They're never going to be the, the best offensive unit, um, but they're going to play hard. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to have some players that make shots at the end. Um, I actually just watched them against Memphis the other night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Struggles pretty much the whole game. Uh, <laughs> and Saw that. They turn around and a couple shots in. You know they went by ten, and they did that all in one minute. Yep. So you know it's going to come down to who kind of that tougher team. Um, we definitely should use Chris Vogt, get the ball into Chris Vogt. We got the size advantage. We got the size advantage almost every game. We really have to exploit it. Them to play nineteen minutes with uh no 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 points is you know kind of insane. So I think right. getting him going again, and uh, you know the other improvements that we made from last night's game. Keep those going, uh, and I think that that'll, that's what Tulsa will come down to. This will be a now, dog fight. I want, I want to jump even further into the future, okay? And I want to ask you this question from a recruiting standpoint. Um, this Bearcat basketball team, obviously you're going to lose Keith Williams. Um, you're going to uh, lose Chris Vogt. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, you've got a lot of young guys coming back. Zach Harvey still a sophomore right now. David Julius, Mike Saunders. You've got a lot of young guys. Tari, Mamadou, hopefully he, he comes back. Um, you've got a lot of young guys who are going to get experience now, but to be back from a recruiting standpoint, what would you like to see Coach Brandon and his staff focus in on to bring in for next season? Uh, to be honest, you know, it, it's almost like, no, that's a tough question. You won't have a lot of vets there, uh, but you got a lot of pieces. Maybe maybe someone who, uh, you know, maybe some grad transfers who can bring some leadership, but 
you will have enough guys, I feel like, that will have enough experience from this year to sustain and understand that, you know, I think this year what they're learning is it's hard to win, and you got to figure actually how to win with your team. Like, yep. It just doesn't happen. Like, they don't give out wins, really. Uh, so just learning when to dig in, learning when to get that stop, learning when to shoot that, you know, shoot that three and we need a big one, who we need to find. I think just all those in sync things that just comes with time, uh, they're learning this year, and I think next year it will already flow a lot better. Uh, but if anything, for me, I would like to see a little bit more athleticism uh, in the interior to go along with Ethan. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I and I think I think that's you know kind of the Bearcat way. I think they got some guys who can shoot the ball. I think they're just finding some in-game rhythm right now. Um, I know the Madison Twins. I heard they can shoot the ball well. Um, so, like I said, next year they'll they'll have guys ready. And Zach Harvey finding his shot now. We're seeing that now. So, uh, yep. you know, you, you, you will have some pieces, and I think they'll already be kind of fit to a puzzle um, for next year. It's just finding some little pieces that can kind of elevate the team. Now, I, I want to end the podcast here. Um, I always end it with quick questions and quick answers, okay? So we're going to kind of be off the beaten path with this, all right? You ready? Okay. All right, quick questions, quick answers with Kevin Johnson. Number one, what is your favorite Air Jordan sneaker of all time? Uh, I like the Jordan ones. Okay. Uh, and then it came out with so many of them, but I am a Jordan <laughs> 1 fan. I'm not sure what I'm saying. They dropped so many. I like so many. We're going to go with the one. We're going to go with the one. Uh, Funny story real quick for you. So um, my senior night, my senior night game, we played um, Louisville, and I wore the Jordan 1s for senior night. Um, Just kind of like trying to bring my whole basketball crew. You know I'm an Air Jordan sneaker guy. So I wanted Uh that was going to be my last, you know, game. Um, that I'd probably ever get in, you know, not knowing what the NCAA would hold, but uh, the NCAA tournament. So I said, I'm going to wear the Air Jordan sneakers, the ones for this game. And the crazy part about it, KJ, is I didn't have my original Air Jordan ones from back in the day. Um, You know, I had to really go back and find them. And the problem is when I played at UC, I wore a size 11 or 12, depending on the shoe. But I finally found my old shoes, and they were a size nine and a half. Oh so, my god, bro! And you already know the Jordan One's not an easy shoe to play in in today's game, um, or even back when I played the, the, you know, the end of the '90s. And here I am playing in a size nine and a half, <laughs> bro. It was like That's warm down. up, warm up for torture, man. It was torture. <laughs> oh man, that sounds crazy. I was angry. Hey, but I look good, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question number two. If you could meet one person, it could be anybody, it could be famous, you know, influential, politician, whatever. If you could meet one person, who would that be? Um, (laughs) I'd like to meet Jay-Z. Who's that? Jay-Z. Jay-Z? Yeah. Love it. You know, he's one of my favorites. Why is that? I know that would be a good conversation. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Absolutely. A good conversation. You could you could get a lot of gold nuggets from that guy right there. You know. For sure. Whatever a person has, it'll be a good conversation. Yep, absolutely. All right, third and final question. I think I know your answer, but i got to ask you anyway. So let's say that um, in your Bearcat career, would you rather have the game-winning shot, okay? And when I say game-winning shot, let's say it's against the, you know, uh, Savannah State or or Campbell team, would you rather have the game-winning shot or would you rather have a monster dunk that lives on a highlight reel in Bearcat history <laughs> forever? <laughs> Which one would you rather have, a game-winning shot against the Campbell or that monster dunk that lives on? I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. I'd take the monster dunk that's on there. <laughs> if the shot was a little, if the shot was a little bigger though, if the shot was bigger, not against Campbell. It can't be against no Campbell, but <laughs> but the monster dunk that sound, that sound about, that sound about right. No, no question. You know that <laughs> that dunk that uh, Melvin Levitt had to to beat uh, Duke. Yeah, that yeah, that's just crazy. Man, that lives. That's that lives. That will that will I will live on for forever. So I I agree with you on that. I, I wish I could dunk consistently. I could dunk a little bit in college, but not you know, couldn't really get up like that. But hey, um <laughs> KJ, I, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're busy. Um hopefully your family's doing well. I know you got a you got a uh a kid to take care of and all that good stuff. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody's well and I'm actually uh I'm about to go finish up some Christmas shopping. You know how that is. Okay. Good good deal, <laughs> man. Hey, man, hey, gift cards. Just go online and get a bunch of gift cards and call it a day. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Makes, makes it easy. But, so, but um, no, I appreciate you. Hey, listen, I, w- I want to end on this. I want to say, man, I'm, I'm so happy to, to, to watch your journey and your and the successes you've had, whether it was in high school, you know, knowing you as a little kid and then seeing your success in high school and then your success in college, and then now you finding that next chapter, you know, in your book and finding success with that. And, man, I wish you well. And hopefully, you know, with this broadcasting thing, hopefully that leads to, to many more opportunities for you and, and that continues to grow, man. And I know you can do it. Put your head down and work like you've always done. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. And I appreciate it, man. And I appreciate all my OGs that help guide me and uh, continue to continue to teach me, man. So uh, I appreciate you having me. For sure, man. All right, KJ. Appreciate it, man. We'll catch up. We'll do this again soon, okay? Okay. Sounds good, all right. man. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. Later. You too. I want to thank everyone for listening to Season 2 of The Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Once again, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, BigMeach41. And I'm now dancing on TikTok, at Alex Meacham41. I appreciate everyone listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats!